I'm DeWitt Bingham. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show, where we discuss all things social and criminal justice related, from the front end to the back end, and everything in between. You have a right to remain silent, because anything you say can and will be held against you. You have a right to an attorney. If you cannot afford one, one will be appointed for you. You're in the self-incrimination protection zone, where there is no cruel and unusual punishment, no illegal search and seizure. The exclusionary rule has you covered. So sit back, relax, and become sold on this week's episode. Well, hello, everybody. Welcome to the Justice for All podcast show. I'm DeWitt Bingham, your host. Thank you for tuning in to the show that discusses all things social justice and criminal justice, where the goals are to inform you, the American citizen of your constitutional rights, to provide educational and occupational guidance to high school and college students, and to be a voice for change. I'm excited about today's show because we are going to hear from the perspective of another one of my wonderful Heartland Community College students. The young lady is destined to be a Rhodes Scholar. So without any further ado, I introduce to some and present to up Miss Nicole Van Dyke. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Nicole. Thank you. Well, we are one-fourth of the way through the semester. Tell the audience how things are going for you. It's been going really great. This is my favorite class. Now, you just try to make me feel good, right? Oh, no, no, no. <laughs> I do know that you are performing very well. I looked at your grades. And so I know that you are doing a great job thus far. You're turning in all your homework and you did very well on the first exam. Are you, ha you. Are you having any problems finding anything on Canvas? No, it's all in a good spot. All right. Very good. The title of today's show is Mala and Say and Mala Prohibita, two terms that very few of our listeners are probably familiar with. So let's get right into it. Segment one. Segment one, Nicole, is for the educational and occupational guidance of high school and college students. We accomplish this by having our guests introduce themselves. So, Nicole, if you would, please tell our audience where you were born and raised, what high school you attended, why you enrolled in the class, your major or probable major, and give us one career goal. So I grew up in Danvers, Illinois, and born and raised there. I went to Olympia High School. I enrolled in this class because I took an internship first semester through my high school with a local police department and found out I wanted to go into criminal justice. And I plan on majoring in criminal justice at ISU starting next semester. Man, you just made my day. I went to work, work a <laughs> nine to five as the Illinois State University Internship Coordinator. And to tell me that you're taking my class at Hartley Community College and that you already have done a, an internship but are going to be required to do another one once you get to the get to Illinois State University. And Mr. Bingham is going to be your internship coordinator. Oh, you just made my day, young lady. 
I knew I was right when I said that you were on the you were on the road to being a road scout. Oh, Nicole, that is excellent. Okay, so you definitely are majoring in criminal justice. And so did you give us a career goal? A career goal I have is to at least be a part time police officer somewhere. Wonderful, Nicole. Wonderful. Excellent. Olympia High School. The Olympia Spartans, one of my uh, yeah. favorite high schools in McLean County. That is in McLean County, right? Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right, Nicole. I'm so glad that you are in my class, and I'm looking forward to you transferring to Illinois State University and becoming a red bird. We are going to celebrate. I'm so excited. Awesome. Okay. Moving on, segment two, constitutional rights. Segment two is to inform the American public of their constitutional rights. What is your favorite constitutional right and why? My favorite is the Fifth Amendment. It protects you from self-incrimination and double jeopardy. And I like that because if you get arrested, you might say something you think is completely innocent to you. But then you go to court and they have it used against you. And then you can't defend yourself because you said it. So I like that. It helps you in court. Wonderful, Nicole. Excellent. The Fifth Amendment protects you against self-incrimination. Not that you will actually need it one day, Nicole. I doubt that the Rhodes Scholar (laughs) is actually going to need the Fifth Amendment. But it is awarded to us and we do have the privilege of having it. If we actually need it. Excellent. All right. We just completed week four on criminal law. And this episode is named after a couple of terms that module two has taught you. Those two terms are mala and say and mala prohibita. Let's start with mala and say and inform our audience of what that term is. Can you, in your own words, Nicole, define what mala and say is for our audience. It's evil by itself without the law. Excellent. Meaning that it is a violent crime, a crime that is committed against a person, an index crime, a serious offense. Excellent. What about mala prohibita? That is wrong because it is the law. Okay. Very good. In other words, Those are the less serious offenses, and it is only wrong because society has come to a consensus that it ought to be outlawed. So can you give me one example of a mala in say crime? Murder. Murder. That is the number one mala in say crime. Excellent, Nicole. Wonderful. Okay. Can you give me an example of a malaprohibitive crime? Or like weed. Okay. There you go. Marijuana is a prime example of a malaprohibitive crime because when we talk about mala and say crimes, we're talking about crimes that have been outlawed since the early Bible days. Crimes that like murder, rape, robbery, Burglary. The Bible says, Thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal. So, these are crimes. And one of the 
reasons why I like to introduce this term to students is because they can correlate it with uh, the Bible and in those terms. And malaprohibitive simply means that it's wrong only because it is defined by contemporary laws and society views it as illegal and that the legislators believe it should be outlawed. Crimes such as possession of marijuana, speeding, not talking on your cell phone while driving, uh, what else? Uh, Gambling, prostitution, vagrancy, disorderly conduct, public intoxication, parking violations, those types of offenses. And so one of the reasons why we have such a thing as crime typology is that it's important because one of the things the criminal justice system wants to do is make sure that the punishment fits the crime. So we put crimes in categories so it helps us to be able to identify which of those offenses are more serious and which of those offenses are less serious. And we're able to punish individuals according to the type of crime that they have committed. So we want to make sure that no one is overpunished. We want to make sure we focus primarily on rehabilitation. We want to decriminalize those offenses when all possible and those offenses which are victimless and are less serious. We have not only have we decriminalized marijuana in the state of Illinois, but we have made use and possession in small amounts a few Illinois facts. Illinois residents over the age of 21 may legally possess 30 grams of cannabis flour, 500 milligrams of THC in cannabis-infused products, and 5 grams of cannabis concentrate. You cannot be fired just because you test positive for cannabis, but you can be fired or punished for being high at work. In Illinois, those convicted of simple marijuana possession having 30 grams or less are eligible for their conviction to be automatically expunged. That said, anybody that needs more than 30 grams of cannabis, Nicole, come on now. That's about 60 joints. You know, if you want to get high, you don't need more more than 60 joints, do you, Nicole? I hope not. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Very good. All right. Moving on. Segment three, being a voice for change. As an emerging adult who grew up in a predominantly white America, what say Nicole about white supremacy and Black Lives Matter? I think white supremacy is still around, but I wish it wasn't. Okay. And what about Black Lives Matter? Black lives absolutely matter. Well, I appreciate that, Nicole, that you think that a brother, Mr. Bingham, your professor's life really does matter. Wonderful. <laughs> Wonderful. All right. I asked everybody that's on the show what they would like to see the Biden administration accomplish. I'd like to see it accomplish giving more support to police, fire, and military. Okay. All right. So I'm going to press you a little bit, Nicole. Okay. Okay. What do you think should be funded more, the police are the community. I think the police, because they can give it back to the community. Okay. All right. In what way would they give it back to the community? They could do different community policing events. Okay. All right. Any thoughts on how to make race relations better? I know first, before you answer that, Nicole, before you answer that, can you give a small description of the town 
of Danvers that you live in, demographically speaking, so that our audience will know exactly the type of town, the type of school that you went to. In other words, can you tell the audience how many people like Mr. Bingham live in Danvers, Illinois? And Mr. Bingham loves Danvers, Illinois, because I actually have refereed out in a, at Olympia High School. I have friends that live in Danvers, Illinois. So, But I just want the audience to get a little bit of the flavor of what it is like to live out in Danvers, Illinois. Yeah, I think it's a town of about 1,100 people, and it's mostly white people. Okay. All right. So not too many of Mr. Bingham's race live out in Danvers, Illinois. Is that right? That's right. But that's okay, Nicole. That's cool. Danvers is still a cool place. All right. So can our vote impact policing, corrections, and the criminal justice system? I think you answered that. I think you answered that as yes. Yeah, I think that because we can elect a sheriff and he can have he can hire who he wants, kind of, and he's he controls the the county jail system and the deputies there. That's wonderful, Nicole. Because if I'm hearing you correctly, what you are implying or what you are suggesting is if we elect a sheriff. And the sheriff is a good law enforcement officer or agent, then the sheriff can actually train and make sure that his law enforcement officers are just and that they treat citizens of the county in a fair and just way. Yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. All right. Should marijuana be legalized. We already know that marijuana is legalized at the state level in the state of Illinois, right? So should marijuana be legalized at the federal level? I don't think it should be. You don't? No. Okay. So you don't think that people that have small amount of possession, well, let me just ask you this. What is your opinion as to why you don't believe it should be legalized at the federal level? I think weed can be seen as a starter drug that people think won't do much harm. But recently it's been been getting laced with things like fentanyl and a lot of people are dying from it. They think it'll do no harm to them. It can also lead to doing worse drugs like heroin or meth. Very good, Nicole. That's awesome answer. Okay. Thank you. Okay, here's a good one. What would you do to reduce crime? Since you are in favor of putting more money into the policing aspect of the criminal justice system or law enforcement, what would you do to actually reduce crime? In other words, is there anything that we can do to make individuals more qualified for better jobs or help feed individuals or make it so where people actually are less likely to violate the law. I noticed you said, as far as free community college, you said no to that as well. You're killing me, Nicole. (laughs) (laughs) All all Mr. Bingham's suggestions that will help individuals become more capable of taking care of themselves, you are shooting me down. But no. I'm so sorry. No, no. I'm just giving you a hard time, Nicole. What 
What's one thing that you might like to do to help reduce crime? I think something we could do is get more officers on the streets. A lot of them have quit recently because all of the bad things that have been happening with anti-policing and defunding the police, the numbers have gone down significantly of the number of police officers. So if we got more back on the street, I think that could reduce crime a little bit. All right. I see that you ain't going to let that go, Nicole. That's very good. That's very good. You you are a law enforcement oriented young lady that believes in the more police we have on the street and the more policing we have, the more safer we will be. All right. Excellent. All right. Any last words that you would like to give to our audience? Don't you try. <laughs> okay. Okay. I love it, Nicole. I love it. Okay. <laughs> so there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Mala insane crimes, mala prohibited crimes, making the punishment fit the crime, and how to help make America a better place to live. Until next time, keep living your best life. God bless and God speak. Mm-hmm.